Welcome back to the 126 Podcast. This is Season 4, Episode 6. We've got Coach of the Month. We've got a beyond. This is going to be a good one. Coach, Coach, how's it going? Good morning. Good morning, Addison. It's going great. Uh, weather's looking really nice outside. Finally starting to look a little Finally. bit like football Finally. weather. Feels mm-hmm. good to go out and get some outdoor sports in. I have this internal thing that when it starts to cool off, I'm like, it's basketball season. Well, to start. and Coach Merc- Mercury retrograde's almost over. Thank goodness. It's about to fade away. We need it gone. We do. The what? Oh, that was the episode Addison skipped. Mercury retrograde. Look it up. Yeah, he's okay. going to have to look it up. Okay. We already talked about that on an old podcast, Addison. Right, it's right. old news. All right. I'll look it up later then. And I realized that on my opening, sometimes I say, this is going to be a good one. Like, I'm not going to say it's going to be a bad one. Well, they're all I good. Why. I know. They're all good. You know, people haven't figured that out yet. I should probably on peril. intro, though. <laughs> people are probably like, what's he going to say? It's terrible? Yeah. Okay. Another great it's episode. It's just a fact. You're just stating a fact. That's true. Well, I think the weave is going to be a good one too, but you know, I'm a little biased. We had our first coaches lead with coffee this week and Dr. Terry, our superintendent came over and was our guest speaker. I thought he did a great job as always of highlighting um, just how vitally important our coaches are to the school structure and to campus life in general. Uh, I agree, of course, Coach O, would you, I'm, I know you would agree with that as well. I thought that it was a great kickoff to Coach's lead. I mean, you're not giving yourself enough credit because you, you set him up pretty good. Well, you know, I mean, if you got your superintendent in there and he's about to step on the green, you got to tee him up. Well, you did. Well, so we agree with that. But, I, you know, I, was ta- I told the coaches a little story, and I, w- I was speaking with a coach from another school district this week. Um, she is a head coach at a large area school, high school a prominent program, and um, she was talking to me, talking about teaching a full class load, you know, running a major program uh, with a very uh, visible sport. She's sponsor student council with the elections and all that stuff. You know, I, we said this before, our people have multiple full-time jobs, and uh, anyway, her point was, with all that responsibility and all those jobs that she's got, she she feels like one of the most critical jobs she does right now in with the place we are in the world and in society and on campus is to get to school early and meet students and be there to tell them good morning, to make eye contact with them, to welcome them to campus, to remind them that there's an adult there that's glad they're there, um, that's interested in them, that's happy to see them. So all these other heavy responsibilities, right, of teaching class and being a head coach of a program, you know, you're going to be, your results are going to be in the Dallas Morning News and running an elect student council elections is something that everybody sees on campus. You know, you're in the eye of the community. This is what she was keying on. And she says there's a lot of darkness on campus right now. She's not talking about the lights being out. You know, she's talking about um, mood, outlook, perspective, and um 
you know, kids, kids can be super stressed by the world around them. And we, even like stuff that we think might not be that stressful, to them it may be huge, right? Maybe it seem insurmountable. Um, media makes that worse. Social media super dangerously can, <laughs> notoriously can make that much, much worse. They're bringing, still carrying baggage from COVID, you know, and being out there and kind of being lost. And anyway, the whole point is coaches carry a torch that has the potential to light up so much of that darkness. Coaches are master motivators. They organize hope out of chaos and success out of chaos. There, there's over 3,000 kids in athletics in Forney ISD. We were talking to our boosters about that this week, playing sports. But how many more thousands are there that, are, that know who the coaches are and, and can't wait to go see the game on Friday night and um, are engaged, you know, feel good about themselves and their campus because of, of being attached to that. And, it, it, you know, being in the student section and, and cheering for your team, wearing your colors, you know, being proud of your mascot. Those are huge for mm-hmm. personal development and, and perspective. So, anyway. One ma- thing I will point out that that coach was talking about was yeah. how she felt the most needed whenever she was telling kids good morning. Yeah. I think a lot of that comes from the fact that a lot of times the kids who need that the most are the ones who are not involved in sports or student council or the things outside of it. A lot of times what I've seen is students who, who really need that adult who tells them that they're happy that they're there, who, who helps them out with stuff. Sometimes those are the kids for one reason or another that are not as involved yep. on campus. And so I'm, I'm really happy to hear that teachers or coaches are taking that responsibility that, hey, when a kid walks in the door, make the most of that opportunity because they may not, you may not have the opportunity to influence that kid the way you do your athletes or the way you do your student council kids. And sometimes that most minor thing can be mm-hmm. the most influential, mm-hmm. you know I mean? And that can, that can help that kid go from being less involved to end up in athletics or end up in student council or end up in band or, or whatever it might be. I think that a lot of times teachers just having that relationship with the kids is what spurs them on to maybe trying something else and, you know, volunteering to stay up at the school for two more hours after school and to take part in some organization. Like like a lot of kids that may seem kind of foreign to them depending on where they're from or, or you know, their family or whatever. So to yeah. have that connection that kind of draws them into doing something extra could make a huge difference. Well, it does make a huge difference. And, that, and that's that simple thing of, of being connected and having an adult there that's, that's ready, that wants to see you there, that, you know, you, that cares about you being there. That may be more important than all the curriculum and the whole playbook. It may be the most important thing because if, if they're not engaged, you know, mm-hmm. they're lost, so to speak. And our job is to help them find the place they belong. So we got some masters at, at that. We've, we've got a master at that at the table and our coach of the month. And we're going to meet uh, Coach Jarrett McCollum today. He is our coach of the month. He is a very influential staff member at Forney High School. And uh, anyway, hey, same thing. It, I think you could say the same for adults, too. Adults have got to feel, mm-hmm. you know, somebody smiling at them and, like, g- glad they're a part of staff because it's not always going to be easy. Mm-hmm. I know we, we – Coach O, we blew the weaves time out of the water on this. But I, well, I want did. to point out that, I, that Addison hijacked a lot of it. So it's don't okay. blame me for the whole thing. I hijacked about 35 <laughs> seconds. It was good. 
But anyway, it was a neat it was a neat message that talking to a coach out of our district, but it made me really appreciate the coaches mm-hmm. in our district. Okay. All right. Well, we talked about actually remember we talked about this. It's your job to introduce our guests before we jump to the ozone, and you skipped out on. I just did. You, you introduced one of our guests, but you didn't introduce both our guests. Well, coach, hey, we got an esteemed guest at the table that. <laughs> We're going to get to in our Beyond segment. Oh, okay. I love Beyond segments. Uh, Roland Tyler keeps our clock in the press box, and I don't want to give too much away because we'll save it for the segment, but um, he's a staple in, in Forney Athletics. He's been engaged in what we're doing for a long time, and uh, he's just a really all-around cool guy, so I can't wait to talk to Roland. Absolutely. Welcome, both of y'all, to the show. Appreciate you being here. Um, but – your first segment on the show has to be. Well, all right. So today for the subject spotlight, um, we're going to, in honor of Coach McCollum's wife, we're talking Skeddy. What's your favorite pasta? What's your go-to pasta? I already know what Coach McCollum's is, but what's y'all's? Go-to pasta. Your go-to pasta. You d- you know Coach McCollum's? I do. Yeah. You want to confirm that? The straight spaghetti. Yeah. With meatballs. Got to have the meatballs. Yep. Well, okay. I got to tell you, we eat a lot of the uh, pasta made out of, uh, I don't even know. It's kind of green, like peas or something. or. Yeah. What is it? I don't, I don't know, know the one you're talking yeah. about. They make My, them out of chickpeas now and chickpeas. Like all sorts of stuff. That's it, chickpeas. So those aren't green. They're like it's a weird color. It's a green looking. It's not. It? It's it doesn't look. Chickpeas are like like it's not yellow. Kind of like the regular pasta out of right. the red, white, and blue box or whatever. I don't know. I just put it in boiling water. My wife is uh, eats gluten free, so and I've gotten I've really developed a taste for it. Really, really good. The pasta made out of Alternative vegetables, I guess, huh? Acquired taste, maybe. Maybe. Well, let's go across the table. What's your What's your go-to pasta? Spaghetti and meatballs. Spaghetti and meatballs. I I like. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of like red sauce, and usually that's what spaghetti has. Yeah. I prefer like an Alfredo sauce or something. So I love tortellini because it's got something in there. It's got some like cheese in there oh yeah and then you get some like italian sausage with it that's my hey i let me clarify coach Joe. i don't i don't really care what the shape of the pasta is to me it all tastes the same yeah i'm just saying what it's made out of right yeah well i feel like addison i, I addison we may be kindred spirits because okay. he he took bennigan's last <laughs> week and now he's taking tortellini so that's my first one just because yeah. it has the cheese in it those kind of stuff tortellini but my second would probably be fettuccine because is, I like an Alfredo sauce. Is ravioli is that a is that a pasta? Is that a noodle? Mm, I mean, Maybe it could be it thing. could be in the, family. in the family. I did have have some really good fried ravioli mm. at Orlando's in Lubbock. Mm. It was some of the best Italian food I've tasted. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well. Well, hold on. I want to go back. I want to go back to McCollum. Go for it. Because the whole reason this came about is because he said his favorite food was his wife's pasta with meatballs. So now I want to know what 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 does she put in it? What makes it so good? Can't tell you that at all. Mm. Italian family can't. Oh, it's a secret. Not because he doesn't know. 
It's a daily process. It, She'll wake up early, make the sauce. Mm, that sounds good. It makes me think about um, the guy in Goodfellas when he was making the pasta sauce. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, the well, I'm told over and over again that carbs are bad and bread's bad. But, I don't think so. But uh, my wife pointed out that Italy has the most centurion. They have the most hundred year old people in the world, mm. like the highest rate. And I'm like, to me, it sounds like bread and cheese are just good for you. That's right. I think maybe so. it's just because they're so much happier eating it that they just live longer. Well, Addison, I have been to Italy. Yes, yeah, you have. yeah. So you can confirm this. I can. Uh, they're also very well dressed. And really? very fit. That's probably they that's walk around everywhere. There's, you know, not very many cars. That's probably what does it. I'm sure it doesn't hurt. Uh, the climate's pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's not. As I think you pointed this out once. It's not 115 degrees outside. I know that's that's my defense all the time when people say that the South is not healthy. And I'm like, it's too hot. Like yeah. you, my in-laws can go hiking in Colorado like nine months out of the year. And it's fine, but here I'm like, you can't do that. Like, you can walk around for what three months, like yeah, the whole year. So yeah, it's well, it's not our fault. Coach O, my wife, you know, went to college in Italy for a year, so we went back over there, and it was really neat trip. Had an opportunity to do that, and there, every little restaurant in every little town has its own recipe, its own pasta, its own sauce, its own, and they're all extremely delicious. And they, I, I'm going to agree with Coach McCollum. I, I, I understand that family secret deal because I think they're all very uh, entrepreneurial in the way they protect their recipes. All right. Well, I'm waiting for the 126 episode from Italy that I get to go to and record. <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> I'd probably, yeah. There's got to be some sort of athletics conference I, going on in Italy. Listen to this. Listen, my, my, I mean, maybe, just maybe, my daughter will be playing – Possibly, maybe in Italy. I don't know. We don't know yet. But I mean, I'll make a call in when I go over there to no, watch her. No, I don't want you to go. Oh, I want to go. Oh, I mean, oh. good for <laughs> you, but yeah. Well, sorry. You're gonna. She's gonna call in eating food, telling us how awesome it is. Sure, she is. Whatever. She'll rub it in appropriately. Well, Coach McCollum, uh, besides great spaghetti and meatballs. What's going on around the McCollum household these days? You guys are right smack in the middle of football season, and you've got a kind of an important role at Forney High School, don't you? I do, a little bit. But with the playmakers we have, it makes it pretty simple. We've got a lot of talent on our team right now offensively, so my job's real easy. Coach McCollum is the offensive coordinator for the Jackrabbits, and as you know, the Jackrabbits have been um, doing some really fun things on the field. Mm-hmm. It's been enjoyable to watch. And uh, so I know he's a valuable member of Coach Fleener's staff, but the X's and O's, Coach O, aren't the reason he was nominated and selected as Coach of the Month, are they? No, not at all. And I am prepared today. I'm ready. Well, let's hear it. This is straight off the nomination form. Coach McCollum does a great job of getting the weight room and workouts organized for many sports on our campus. He also also spends time helping ensure athletes and coaches have the resources they need for their workouts. He goes to many sporting events to support other programs as well. He is a selfless coach who is in it to make kids better and also support them. I'm willing to bet that going along with that, like I said earlier, he's that guy that kids are glad to see when they come into the school or the facility. And um, that's pretty important too. Coach McCollum, um, 
tell us a little bit about your background coaching and what got why you're here at Forney ISD, Forney High School, and, and what's it been like being a member of that Jackrabbit staff? Well, a little bit of that background for me is I got into coaching because the teacher I had back in high school, he was a coach, but he was my anatomy and phys teacher. He was awesome. He was one of those guys that always got you going right when you got into the school building, kind of like we just talked about a minute ago. Um, so I got into coaching, moved down to Houston right after college, graduated from Oklahoma State, moved down to Houston, coached down there for two years, but then uh, met my wife. She's from Oklahoma as well, so we moved up to the Dallas area. Found a job at Allen, stayed at Allen for 10, ten years. I uh, was able to coach football and wrestling, so we had a lot, of, a lot of guys come to our program that made a huge impact on our life, which Bo Nickel just got into the UFC, got his contract this week, so that was a big deal for him and for us because it's part of our family right now. Um, Allen for 10 years, and then when uh, Fleener left down to San Antonio, I moved back to Oklahoma for two years uh, to be closer to family and all that, but education in Oklahoma is a little bit different in Texas, so... We came quickly back here. Was at Mesquite for four years, and then Flinner got the Forney job. Uh, wanted to be in a smaller community, country community, so we moved out to Forney. Loving it here now. Um, Southside is rolling right now. People are behind us. Kids are behind us. Uh, they have bought into every single thing that we've asked them to do. The weight room, practice, they are 100% bought in, and it's a, it's a blast to be around right now. Uh, good stuff. R- Roland, Roland, did you hear him say that Forney was a small country community? Once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Well, we'll get into that in just a minute, but uh, we feel, you know, Forney's uh, bigger than it's ever been and still growing. So uh, compared to Allen, probably, or, you know, yeah. San Antonio, or, you know, it's uh, uh, we're not so much of a small community anymore, but it has that feel. It still has the feel of a yeah. small community. And yeah. that's such a, a magical thing about a place, and you want to preserve that as long as you can, don't you? Mm-hmm. For what, sure. do you what do you think about Forney High School? What, um, what's the feel like? You know, what, what is it about the campus that, that kids are buying into? Anytime you have programs winning, it changes uh, the smiles in everybody's faces. No it changes doubt. the way they walk down the hallways um, in all sports and kids that are not in sports. It changes everybody's attitudes. It's fun to be around right now. Yeah. Helps more than just uh, in between the end zones. Oh, yeah. It helps a lot. So much stuff on campus run more smoothly. Mm-hmm. So. So, Coach, tell us something about Coach Fleener that we don't know. Now, let me say this first. Hold on. So, you know, Coach was at Allen, so that means that he also coached that NFL quarterback, Kyler mm-hmm. Murray, that everybody knows about. We'll ask him some questions about Kyler in a minute, but – what, what is Flaner like? Tell us something that we don't know about him. Uh, I don't think there's anything you don't know about Coach Flaner because I think you guys know him. He's very uh, outspoken sometimes. He speaks a lot, so you know everything about Flaner. There's no secrets with him It just all, all so, comes out there, doesn't it? Yeah, everybody knows Flaner. <laughs> everybody knows him, so there's no secrets. That's no, good. That's, we know yeah, that's not a bad music. thing. No, it's not a bad thing no. at all. I, I would assume that as athletic directors, you are like, Whew, well, I'm going right? to disagree. We know everything about one of our head coaches. I'm going to disagree on this on this topic. Uh, okay. You don't know what's in his playbook, and you don't know what's in his uh, game plan for making the Jack, Jackrabbit successful, because much like your wife's spaghetti and meatballs recipe, he has a very entrepreneurial spirit about what he does as a football coach. Starting from his interview, <laughs> when we talked to him about this, and 
Uh, I guess there's got to be some of that, doesn't it? You got you, you, you got a plan, but you can't give everything away, can true. you, Coach? Very true. Is that is that that way as an offensive coordinator when you guys are preparing for another team? You keep those keep it close to the vest. True, very true. You try to keep everything somewhat hidden. Yeah, especially when you're preparing for Longview. Well, yes. Okay, let's just jump right on into that. Now we've had some really good, exciting football games. You've you've got a couple of wins where you just beat the dog out of people. I mean, I, I think you can say that, right? Yeah, sir. And uh, had a great game against Lufkin last. Lufkin, we said, coming out of East Texas, kind of a school we don't have as much familiarity with, but definitely a program that's had great success. They had a winning record. They, you know, they had some quality wins on their schedule, and then you guys just uh, handled them, looked really good and sharp against Lufkin. Um, your next two games, you've got Longview and Lancaster. So, as an offense, you know, okay, hey, those are Premier programs; those are those schools that um, you know their football uh, prowess is known far and wide and has been for a long time. As offense coordinator, how are you preparing to go attack those teams? Let's specifically focus on Longview. Yeah, just Longview because we we don't worry about the next opponent at all. It's just Longview right there now. There you go. Um, Keep me back on have, track, coach. Trying to see what they have defensively and what their weaknesses are and how they line up to certain formations. Um, you know, does speed help us out playing fast, or does it need to be slower? Um, just trying to look at what we can do from our our end to help us out. And Longview is very, very, very talented in all phases of the game. So trying to see what their weaknesses are here or there, one guy or two guys, what they have. Has, yeah. has offense always been your thing in football? Have you always loved breaking down defenses and trying to come up with, with that? Or have you coached different Playing, I was a defensive guy. Oh, okay. Playing football. Defensive guy. I played safety in college. Um, but – Coaching always been on the offensive side. Yeah, so love both sides. That's interesting. Um, how does how does playing safety? Because I mean, safety you get to see a lot. How does that help you coach offense? It's to start to understand coverages a little bit better. Kind of know what we did offensive or uh, defensively on coverages. That helps a, a quite a bit with our passing game and how people are doing things. So, Brett, let me break away from football a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell us. Coach O, had you tell us – well, you couldn't tell us anything about Fleener, we don't know, because everybody knows Fleener. But tell us something about Jarrett McCollum we might not know. What, what's your, what do you get outside of the uh, football season? What do you really get into? What are your hobbies? What, what's your family love to do? I have two daughters, uh, seventh grade and third grade, and we love outside. My, both my daughters love fishing, so we all try right. to find ponds, lakes, whatever, and try to go fishing. Uh, try to stay outside all, pretty much all day long. That's a big thing for us. Hey, are it, they putting we that hear bait, that. Are they putting the bait on their own lines? They do. Mm. Okay. My youngest daughter, early on, she really liked to take any of the bait that we did have and try to free them. She was kind of <laughs> one of those. So yeah, well, she's gotten hey, better about it. She's got a soft heart. She does. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good thing. We too. hear that answer all the time. From we coaches. do. Coaches love to be out outdoors, yeah. adventurous. You know, yeah. active. That's good. I think it's good for families. It's always, I, it's always those calm outdoor activi activities, though. The relaxing. Like the relaxing ones. Yeah. We haven't heard a lot that are, like, super into, you know, like downhill mountain biking. Like, it's <laughs> no, not it's really. usually the, the calm activities. You but that plenty. makes sense. There's a lot of energy on a sports field or court or whatever. So. I mean, some people might say teaching and coaching in high school is yeah. extreme sports. Oh, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's plenty. It's plenty. <laughs> Very true. Well, well so let's well, hold on. Let's talk about this NFL player. How many NFL players have you coached that are currently or formerly in the NFL? Currently, we got Kyler, 
got uh, Guyton with the, the Chargers, but he just got an injury, so I think he's going to be out the rest of the year. And so Bobby you, plays with the Rams. Guy, by the way, yeah, North Texas. Got a couple guys on practice squads. Uh, Christian Sames with the Dallas Cowboys practice squad. So having quite a few. Allen was a very good place to be at. Mm-hmm. Very good. Do you get to go to a lot of games? No, ma'am. No. Just Fleener does. No. He leaves them home to do all the work. Right. He's working, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, uh, he's a good assistant. He knows his role. We know how important that is. That's right. Mm-hmm. I'll so, let Fleener know about that one also. <laughs> Um, I heard you mention that you coached wrestling. Um, I, for one, am, I'm, I'm on board of getting wrestling here. Um, is that something you'd like to see come to Forney High School? It'd soon? be great. Yeah. It'd be great for boys and girls because it's a huge girl sport right now, but it's a, it's a very tough sport. A lot of life lessons with it. And that Allen, I've been in that Allen wrestling room. It's, it's pretty awesome. It is. It's yeah, very, very large. Yes. Just like everything in Allen. Larger yeah. than most college wrestling rooms. Yeah. And Coach Best does a great job with it. Wait, well, there's a wrestling room? Oh, yeah. And Underneath the home side bleachers of the, the Eagle Stadium. Oh, okay. There's also a uh, golf simulator down there. Yeah. pretty cool. It is. So get to work, Coach Weaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look, I think uh, wrestling is probably going – well, it's going to be our next sport. Uh, it's, it's the only UIL sport we still don't have, so uh, it's logical that it would be our next sport. Wrestling I can't tell you exactly when that's going to be put in. I do. I agree with both you guys. I'm a proponent. I mean, I think the more opportunities we have to include kids, let, let's wrap this back into what we were talking about earlier, right? I mean, the more nets. This is Doctor Doctor Terry's own uh, um, vocabulary using the net philosophy of kids being caught in nets and and being involved in something. And the more that we can do that through great coaching and through sports, the better off we are. I don't know exactly when that that comes to fruition. We know Forney High is going to be 6A. It is in their future. North Forney already is. So uh, I do think that's an eventuality for us. And that's something, just a little personal story. My brother-in-law was in high school, and he's a bigger guy and, like, a physical guy, but he didn't play sports. And one day Coach Rush saw him, like, goofing around with some guys outside the school. They were wrestling or something. And he told him, he said, you come by my office today and I'll get you a spot on the football team. Because they needed some, I think he wanted him in a defensive line or something. And they needed some guys. And he was like, you come by. And, and he didn't do it. And he's told me several times, like, I think I should have played football. Yeah. I think I would have benefited from that. And he said, but no doubt if we had wrestling, I would have done it. Yeah, and might I have think, been a I think, gateway. Right. I mm-hmm. think if he would have done wrestling, he would have played football. Yeah. And then he would have, had, he would have been a two-sport athlete instead of a no-sport athlete. Yeah. So it, it's, I think it's a cool opportunity. Once we get it, I think we'll be. We'll have some kids interested right away. Well, when we when we get to the point that the district's ready to have that conversation, Coach McCollum will be coming around to talk to you about it. Sounds good. I'm uh-huh. in. Good stuff. Well, um, real quick, we do want to ask you about – so there's there's so many good coaches, especially at, at Forney High School. I think – is Forney High School leading our Coach of the Month record right now? We do like to compete across – We've not tallied that. We need to. I think they're winning it right now. But I just don't know that we want to <laughs> – that. Leave it to Addison yes. to make it about we something. Want, you I mean. want your schools competing, right? Of course. Absolutely. Everything's a competition, Addison. So um, peop- a lot of people voted for you, and they're probably listening to this podcast. Is there anything you'd like to say about receiving your first coach of the month? With, with I, mean, I appreciate everybody. Uh, Forney is a great place to work. Coaches are all together. It's like one big family. Girl sports, boy sports, it doesn't matter. Um, 
I'm just thankful that the girl sports allowed me to help with them in the weight room. Like getting girls in the weight room is a big goal of mine. And we have a great weight room thanks to Forney ISD and uh, thanks to the girl coaches to get them in there. Good. Benefiting the campus in ways beyond his actual coaching assignment, which is uh, always great to see and just makes everything better. So yep. we appreciate the work that you do, Coach McConnell. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Speaking and, uh, of beyond. A speaking of beyond. My mama always said, game day is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Well, I know what we've got in the press box, and we've got a, an all-star crew up there running everything. And our beyond guest is Mr. Roland Tyler, uh, Forneyite for many years. And, and uh, Roland, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for asking me. Appreciate yes, sir. it very much. You're, uh, now, you keep the clock for some vo- at football games in the press box. And how long have you been uh, working with, with sports? Here well, in Porny. Probably in the early 80s, I got involved with a friend of mine named Mike Kessner, who was, uh, he had children in school, and my, his wife and my wife were really good, good friends, and through Girl Scouting and that sort of thing, and so we got involved with one another, and he was, uh, started doing, uh, we, I think Mel asked us, we'd done the change, you know, we were, you know, pulling chains up and down the sidelines, and so we did that for several years, and uh, we we saw some remarkable young men and some great uh, plays. You know, I was just thinking uh, one was Clay Beeson, uh, who is now a doctor of education, I think, in Harding College. And this young man grew up right down the street here. And so from this school, and um, one night, uh, I think we were playing Alvarado, and uh, they punted the ball, and nobody went in and killed the ball. He ran in there and grabbed the ball and ran that sucker back for about an 80-yard touchdown. And so that play became a little bit of a controversy after that. So the refs, you know, now they really just, when it goes, they just blow the whistle. But then you had to touch the ball, and he, no one touched it on the opposing side so to kill it. So he's a very sharp and astute young man. I, actually, I had him. He and his dad uh, had a Cub Scout, Boy Scout troop for many years ago, and he was the most aggressive young man you've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, even doing just little stuff with Cub Scouts. I mean, he was right on it. I mean, he had little books to do it. He was completely, I mean, he was he was in it. So I think he may have been the salutatorian or valedictorian of his class. I'm not sure which one. Uh, he was very astute. Uh, he and another young man, they played basketball. Timmy Cleveland were really great uh, duo there in uh, for the basketball team. And so... The amazing thing, Timmy Jr., I think, his uh, father and my sister went to school, high school, in Wilma Hutchins back in the 60s. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of circles here, it gets going. In fact, as I was admiring this uh, building, uh, my brother-in-law was the principal here many years ago, just when it was just the older part of the school. And so, uh, the high school had moved up the street there, so they uh, had changed that. And so, uh, you know, been in and out of things like that here for several years, but they were asking the other coach about players that he had. We uh, got to do uh, playoff games here, which is I think is great. We get to see other teams, and yes. and so 
uh, Patrick Mahomes comes to mind. He played here one Friday night, and so he wasn't quite as ex- yeah. great a player. That you know, as a high school senior, but he became what he is, you know, through the transition at Texas Tech and all that. But he was quite a young man. So yes, sir. We got to see that, and some other young men too. Uh, well, I think one kid from Tyler High School. He became a quarterback at the uh, University of Houston, and he may be in the pros now. I, I can't think of that young man's name, but he was quite an athlete. So we, we've, we've got to see some great, great kids come through here. You, well, you've seen a lot of football at, at uh, our stadium and, yes, and at the previous stadiums Yes, that Forney's had. Yeah, yeah. The old stadium up here. Uh, <laughs> one of the nights we played uh, Commerce was in our district, and uh, man, they beat us at the last minute, uh, griped and fussed and carried on, but you know, they beat us, and then we went to Italy one time. I never will forget. We had a darn good team, but we went to Italy, Texas, which is a spot in the road, you know. And so, <laughs> But I had followed football for years, and Italy had won their district for like 20-something straight years. I mean, they just couldn't be beaten, seemed like, in district. Now, And then we went down to play them, and we had a great – we had a quarterback that throw the ball about 90 yards, I bet, you know, on the fly. And – they had grown the grass and had an old uh, natural Bermuda grass field, and it was about 12 inches tall. And they put our guys back. We played in about the five-yard line all night long, and they were running reverses, all kind of crazy stuff. Beat the snot out of us. I mean, it was terrible. And I, so at halftime, I went up and looked at some of those kids, and they looked at me and said, shook their head and don't talk to me, don't talk to me. You know? And so I, I've laughed about that many years. But so, you know, you see all kinds of young kids uh, – I don't know where a lot of them went to, but I'm sure hopefully they've become great citizens, you know. That's, yes, sir. That's, that's, that's the main thing, I think. And taxpayers, as I always call them. You there know, you those, go. Those are things. <laughs> well, yeah, you've seen a lot of kids come through. And I'll tell you, y'all mm-hmm. can, Roland talks about kids and, and teams, and he's educated me some in the press box when I go up before the game. It's good to – I get to hear some old forney stories, and um, he's, he's seen a lot of them. Speaking of good citizens, you're a good citizen, too, here in Forney. How long have you been in Forney, and what do you – besides keeping the – I mean, you know, that's not your only job, keeping the clock at football. Oh, uh, general pest, I think. I came here in <laughs> 1975, so I've been here ever since then. So uh, uh, do much of nothing. I have a business, uh, a salon, hair salon business, but uh, ever since when I first came, there was two ladies that worked with my, my wife and I at the time, and – they had children in school. They were cheerleaders. They were all had had all girls. They didn't even have any boys, but they had all girls. And so I got to go and hear all the great stories about kids being cheerleaders and the bar friends and all those good things. And so it's it's been a great great ride for me. So it's, it's been a wonderful time for me here. I've had a lot of lot a lot of fun here in in Forney. So I, I've been. Uh, I guess privileged to have a lot of associates with other people who have kind of drugged me along, and uh, I loved every bit of it. You know, it's just, it's, it's quite, quite. And talking about the group in the press box, you know, how can you beat Tommy? You can't beat that for a, you know, a part of Tommy Mankins. You know, I mean, he's got some stories. So if you go with him, you. I don't know how you would describe his catalog. I'm not quite sure. It's very diverse, you know. But. but one of the things that stands out about working the clock, uh, I was uh, usually to go here. I usually go down and try to talk to the referees before the game and see how they like to play, what they, how they kind of do things. And of course, basically it's all the same thing, but they kind of do it just just a shade different sometimes. Mm-hmm. But a couple of weeks before this particular game, um, this happened in Commerce, and so uh, I had read about it where. Uh, Commerce was losing <laughs> the high school game, and so 
they kind of worked the clock. They milked the clock pretty good. I mean, it was, you know, so that thing became a controversy between referees. You know, I think they meet on maybe Monday nights and discuss all the different games through the area. And so, uh, so that next Friday night, I went down and talked to the refs and uh, the referee looked at me and said, uh, hey, remember, you're part of us. You're not hometown. You're part of us. And he said, and don't do that clock and milk that clock and mess this up. And we don't want to talk. He said, so from that point on, I know I love Forney, Forney High School, both sides, uh, North Forney, Forney High. I've been here all these years. But, you know, you can't cheat because yep. these, the other side's kids too. Uh, even though I may not like like them, you know, as much as I like the kids on our, but you, they're kids. Yep. And you can't you, you can't cheat them out. You know, that, no doubt. I mean, now, do we make mistakes? Yes, we do. I, I, they don't make mistakes. I do. But no. I, uh, but really, you you just it's it's you, it's for kids. That's what we're doing. It's for kids. We may be an adult, but it's these are for kids stuff. Okay. That's the fun part of it. Yes, sir. That's the right perspective to keep. And it reminds me, here and Roland talk about that, people sometimes, even us, we fail to remember or underestimate how much it, the, the officials are not just showing up on game night and going out there on the field. They, they're meeting during the week. They're training every year. They're constantly working on getting better. But that's kind of the same, too, with our clock keepers and our timer and our our PA people, you know, there's a lot more going into it than people realize behind the scenes to prepare to, to do it right and to do it well. And uh, we're fortunate and blessed to have a number of people around who do it right and do it well. But uh, I'm partial to the, the guys like Roland who can, who've been doing it a long time and can tell us so many stories about the, all the great kids and coaches that have come through and um, have been, you know, you've been a contributor to this deal for a long time now and um, you've seen Forney change a lot. Yes, I have. Uh, when I had just, I said, I came in 75, I think in 74 or I think it was, uh, Steve, uh, I'll cut old, old minds go pretty quick uh so anyway they had this great game between rockwall they played it uh, here at forney high at the old stadium right back here behind this building behind the admin here, building admin. and uh it was a three-way tie for first place at that time only one team went to the playoffs and uh i think forney had or common had beaten forney and forney needed to beat rockwall to be a three-way champ and so sure enough I think from what I've heard that we had just about like 11 players and they were all limping. Everybody was hurt and something. So uh, Steve uh, took this uh, pass about 10 yards from what I was told. And uh, he, uh, when he got through, everybody, as they said, when he hit about the one-yard line, every man from rock wall was on his back and he actually just drugged him into the end zone. And just as he crossed the goal line, the – shot went off you know and stopped it if the game was over and so 41 and that was a terrible thing but this young man he left this campus here in forney high and went to play uh university of texas gave him a scholarship and he goes and he starts as a free safety or one of the safeties as as a college freshman at that year for, for daryl royal and he left and uh he became an architect uh 
the building, City Hall up here, is the Steve Collier is his name. Yep. He's in the Hall of Fame here, I think. And he, his whole family was a great, great family. His, his father was an, an artist, and uh, had a all the family was artistic. They could all sit down and play a piano and just hear one thing. And you know, it was just yeah. a great family. So. That's that's some of the things you know you you've seen that go around you know and he had other brothers but they weren't quite his caliber of I've, player you know I've heard that story from my dad because if that was around seventy four my dad would have been in like middle school mm-hmm. and of course then everybody was watching the games everybody and he was had, there he had brothers that were older than him mm-hmm. so um, I've heard about him before and yeah. going to Texas and oh yeah they well when when I first came here the uh, of course the game was played here behind the uh, admin building now, and but up there we used to do the thing, and the they had a section as you just went into there. It was strictly all people from forty, the older folks. I mean, back in the twenties and thirties and forties, these people were still going, and they all showed up every Friday night at the stadium. It was incredible. You couldn't believe, you know, maybe had to get them up in wheelchairs, but they got there, you know. And yeah. I mean, they were rooting and hollering. And, carrying on for 40 so as the years has progressed you know the ages kind of got most of them but it was an intriguing thing to see i mean they win lose or draw they were here buddy and when no you, when they left town the old saying turn out the lights the last one out so that's mm-hmm. that's what they did you know that's good that's it's uh makes me think of two things one uh Forney kids have always been pretty tough, it seems like. You know, they've had great years and had some down years, but they've always been kids that are tough and hard-nosed and are going to fight to the end. And so it doesn't surprise me hearing that our best athletes have 11 Rockwall kids on their back mm-hmm. when they're crossing the mm-hmm. end of the end zone. Uh, but secondly, it, it reminds me that Forney's also been, had that sense of community. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at Citibank Stadium right now, when Forney's playing on Friday night, it's wall-to-wall. The student section's completely we, we full. We had a huge crowd at the North Forney game We had the, week. We're having I mean, bigger crowds for North Forney than ever. They just continue to get bigger each that week. That was probably the biggest crowd I've seen there, aside from a Unity Bowl. Yep. Since I've been here, yep. I mean, it was it was a big crowd there for. And it reminds me too that Forney's got a homecoming coming up before too long, and I think the fifty year class reunion is going to be there at the football game again. So we'll, we'll be uh, announcing them on the PA and putting them on the big screen. Some things change, mm-hmm. but the, the we, what we love is some things never seem to change. And when those things are community and um, you know people like Roland Tyler who are invested in it. Uh, just makes it so much fun, and it makes it good. Well, and he has a super fan in Leslie Bunton. Oh. All right. Forney High <laughs> Athletic Secretary, when I told her he was going to be the beyond, she was like, well, I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> so, How about that, Mr. Tyler? you got fans out there already. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I get my... Right hand out so I can autograph, you know, for those. <laughs> yeah. you know. There may be a line of people trying to get to the press box yeah, on I'm Friday sure night. I'm sure there's a line to run me out of town, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know about signing anything or not. But, you know, talking about great players and stuff, John Garcia is another young man that comes to my mind. Uh, uh, he runs the stadium. He runs the, uh, what's the school he works with down here? FLA. FLA. Forney Learning Academy. Forney Learning. I say for the Forney loss, but for the Learning Academy, you know, I know that's what he's – it's a tough job. And uh, I've seen John grow up, and now he has a master's education. He's kind of – is he a principal? Intern. Intern, yeah. Working to become a a full-time school administrator. Okay. Yeah. But uh, 
saw him play. He's gone on, and so he used to, when he first, he and his wife married, they lived around the corner from me, so every morning, sometimes I'd go out to get the paper. Here's Johnny's wife come by in that old pickup truck and honking, hi, rolling, you know, and yep. all this kind of stuff. So then he moved across out in the country when he started his family. So you get to see kids like that, and look what they, a lot of them used to come back here and teach, you know, and yep. probably still do. I don't know all of them, but I think, to me, that's a, a tribute to the school system itself that you really want to come back, just like our young man right across here from me. I saw him when he was a pup, you know, and go up here now. He's, he's kind of still a pup. He's still a pup, yeah. but yeah, he's right a bear. Here. Yeah, <laughs> he just got longer hair. But uh, uh, that's, but, but really, these young men and women have come back here. Yes, sir. To invest their lives here, kind of like you have at your hometown, of course, yeah. but probably she's the same way. I not know, don't know much about her, but, but graciously, you know, they want to make their home here. Yeah. Because it is close to a lot of things, and uh, hey, hey, I got to tell you, John Garcia, we our office, our athletic office that Coach O and I and uh, Andre Henderson, our athletic secretary, are in, is John Garcia's second grade classroom. Really? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course, you know, you know, John not only played here, but he coached here for us for mm -hmm. a number of years. Yes, he coached did. football mm -hmm. and. And uh, so, yeah, it's good to see that. We've got several coaches on our staff that are either forney. How, how John former, has not been on this podcast is, uh, is beyond me. Um, well, because speaking he's, of beyond, we're going to have to get him yeah, on a beyond. He's definitely yeah. one of those people that is like an unsung hero of, mm -hmm. of you know, sporting events, of football games. Yeah. That it's just like it would not happen because there are so many people that come up there and you ask a question. You're like, I don't know if I'm John. Like, I, yeah. I have no idea. But John usually has the answer, and he's running around mm -hmm. helping all sorts of different people just just get things done. And and yeah, we need we need people like that. And it's hey. great to have people like that who've been around here who take pride in it as not just as their job, but like as their town. Yep. You know, like it takes like a Mr. village. Been talking about him, you know, mm -hmm. uh, to raise a kid, but also to run a football game on Friday night. You know, and I mean, that's, that's the only reason why what Coach McCollum was talking about that Forney has that that feel right because we look around and it doesn't look the same you know i grew up all the time here and my dad we'd drive by some some development and he'd say that used to be a cotton field yeah and now it's you know windmill farms or whatever or now it's chestnut meadows well i've started saying that like like to other people yes. i'm like that used to be a cotton field yeah. and like i'm not i'm not even 30 but i've seen that but i think what coach mccollum's talking about is the people yeah. there are so many people here that are still doing the same job as they were when it was that small town and they bring that feel to it that they're still talking about the old games and they're talking about older players and guys who moved on and come back and i think that that keeping the people like that around yeah is sure. so valuable beyond just the fact that they know how to do their job because they've been doing it a long time it's it brings that that culture to our sporting events. It's so cool. Well, Roland, we don't pay you a whole lot to keep the clock on Friday nights, but you're priceless to us. The job you do, I, I, I appreciate the pay. Uh, <laughs> that two dollars a game is quite <laughs> because when we did it, when we first started, it was uh, there was no pay. It was just a love because we wanted to do it, and uh, I've, I've enjoyed every bit of it. And of course, now as I say, I've risen to the height of two dollars a game. So I really, that's you know, it's pretty pretty high stuff. You know, pretty yes, stuff, sir. Yeah, you know. Well, you know, Roland said he doesn't know me well. So, Roland, if it's one thing that you need to know about me, just know that I'm just an old country girl from Huntsville, Texas. <laughs> All yep, right. That's, that's true. Hey, at least you weren't inside the British. No, no, outside, no, you know, no. Right, Out, you know. Outside, outside of the <laughs> mini that we have in Huntsville. <laughs> Sorry about that. I that. Uh, Listen, I grew up on prison jokes. I bet. Oh, I yes. bet. Yes, ma'am. I'm quite sure. Yes, ma'am. <laughs>
Oh, goodness. Well, hey, as you can see, uh, great coaches, great people invested in our program, uh, from keeping the clock like Roland does to right on down the list mm -hmm. of, of the folks that are invested in our sports programs in Forney ISD. And uh, just like Roland said, and I know Coach McCollum had to run back to class, but he would agree, um, every bit of this is, is for kids. It's for the, the kids that are in our programs and for the potential, like the, the folks you talked about and mm -hmm. so many more that have gone through our mm -hmm. programs and are in them now that they are going to be able to realize because of participating in our programs in part. So mm -hmm. good stuff. All right. That sounds like a good place for us to end. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you for asking it. me. I appreciate you very much. Thank you. And um, we have one more thing that we're going to get to. We're going to recap some of our games from last week. We've got interviews from our 126 correspondent, E. Abramson. So let's get to those, Coach. Well, hey, Roland Tyler is an awesome guy, and we love having him in the press box. He could tell stories about – Forney teams of old, and they're fun to hear. we got a couple of Forney teams that are playing pretty good football right now. And uh, so we, E. Abramson is our correspondent, um, and she does some great work catching, these co catching our coaches mm -hmm. right after their games and, and getting their thoughts on the game. So our, our last games we played, we'll start with North Forney. They played Mesquite Horn. Uh, long time, but very competitive, very good 6A uh, football program. And um, so here's E's interview catching up with Coach Luster right after the Mesquite Horn game. Okay, so you guys played an amazing defense all around. Like, you guys really held your own on that one, especially in the second quarter or second half. Um, what was your big motivational speech in the locker room? I have to know. Yeah, we belong here. No, they're a 6A team. We're a 6A team. And we got to go out and prove to everybody that sold out tonight that we belong We belong here in 6A. And we got to get stops to do it. Defense to answer that call. Yeah, and uh, to your speech to the boys at the end, you were talking about how um, you something about us. Like, mm -hmm. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Like, yeah, I, I can care less who we play. I, I, don't even, I don't even tell the guys. I don't even talk about another team. It doesn't matter who we play. It's how we play. So it's about us. It's not about anything else. It's not about officials. It's not about homecoming king or queen. When it comes down to it in, in 20s white lines, it's us. Awesome. I love that. You played a great game. Okay. There you go. Well, hey, they, uh, they do belong in 6A. I think they're proving that. Oh, yeah. North Forney has – this is their first year in. So the, the 6A teams they're playing are, are well-established 6A teams. But – um, transitions are tough, but I think Coach Luster and his staff are doing a, a tremendously good job of, of having those kids ready to go into those. Uh, I mean, they're they're competing on both sides of the ball. Absolutely. I mean, that, that Horn game, it didn't start off great for North, and it kind of looked like, oh, oh no, what's going to happen Well, here? we're but down they, 21 to nothing. Right, and, and they fought back, and they made it a game. I mean, they they took – they had two sacks that they took on third downs that pushed them right at a field goal range. And if they could have gotten that field goal, we would have had a one-possession game with seven or eight minutes left. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and, and it happened on back-to-back -back possession. So it was like – And we were take, even still with a minute left. We're in position right. yeah. to make a play or We'd, two. I mean, you take those those two plays away and those two sacks away. And, you know, hats off to Horn for, for stepping up – their defense stepping up when they needed them. But 
you take those two plays away, and that's a totally different game. But they they made big plays. They had a, it was an exciting game. They Very exciting a, game. They had a scoop and score uh, to end the first half that made it a, a much more competitive game. We were kind of like worried going to halftime, and then they scored that, and it was like, oh, we got a close game. Yeah, like, it just totally changed the complexion of the game. So that game was on TV as well. It was. We had we had CW thirty three there, so we had we had four big old cameras set up and mm-hmm. people on towers, and and I, I'm glad that North Forney. You know, they may not have won, but they definitely made it a show. They made it a good game. Yeah, very exciting. Um, and that's that's you know, and it, and like you said, transitioning. I remember when, I remember when Rockwell Heath kind of was getting started. Yes, and Forney used to play them. We used to just yeah. I mean, like you said, you know, beat the dog out of Rockwell Heath, who's now yeah a really good program. So these transitions are super tough. The fact that North Forney is pushing these six A teams, you know, we they've won several games, right, but yeah. the fact that they're they're pushing these good teams to the brink, even in their losses, is that says a lot. I mean, I don't think I don't think anybody at North Forney is too upset about that game. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of hear uh, in Coach Luster's voice there that he says his his team stepped up, went right. to the call, you know, when mm-hmm. he challenged them, and and uh, I agree with that. At Forney on the south side of town, they are playing good football as well. Coach Flanner's got another good group. We heard Coach McCollum earlier in this episode talking about uh, how fun this group is to coach. They got a quality win over a quality program in Lufkin. Uh, and a big playoff implications game. It was. For sure. It was a it was a game that the Jackrabbits needed to win and they came out and did it in uh, um really exciting fashion as well, looking very sharp on the football field. They've just been fun to watch this whole season. E caught up with um Coach Fleener right after the game. So my biggest question is your new team captains. How are they getting your guys up and going and motivated for this season? Well, the great thing about it, I think the, the team did a great job. They're the ones that vote on the captains. And, you know, all we ask them is we say it's not about what position they are, what grade they are, uh, how popular it are. It's not a popularity contest. It's who are you going to follow when they tell you to do something. I think they did a great job with that. And, you know, a lot of them are, you know, lead by example guys that are hardest workers. And then we've got a couple guys that aren't scared to stay, uh, stand up when something needs to be said. So it's just a – the whole team right now is just is really clicking. And, you know, when things are good, keep them good. When things are bad, we can change it. And uh, couldn't be prouder of the whole team. Yes, I love it. Uh, you guys played amazing today. I don't really have any more questions. You guys really got into the groove of things. So We did. We started a little slow, but we found our groove. Uh, you know, big thing is now is get healthy and uh, next week during the open week. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Have thank a good you. night. Yes. So there you go, Coach uh, Fleener, um, working it as always and uh, uh, doing such a great job with his staff. We, we are fortunate. We say this a lot on this podcast, but mm-hmm. we're so, Dr. Terry said it yesterday in our coach's lead. Um, we have great people here, and those great people have such a strong influence on, yeah, football teams. I mean, we love to go see the football team perform, but uh, – so many other layers too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was a that was a fun game. If you haven't been to any football games this year for either team, get out there. They're having fun. They're we're having huge crowds, especially on the Forney side. But like we said, North Forney is they're probably breaking records for you know regular district games not against Forney because um, that homecoming crowd was legit. I mean, it was side to side on the home side, and they got to see some exciting football. They did. They did. The teams are definitely living up to it. So get out there, support your football team, support your volleyball teams and whatever else we've got going on right now um 
water polo. I know our water polo team just had a super exciting game too. I think our boys went triple overtime with one of those rock wall teams. Yep. And, uh, we've seen them get better all season. Yep. Coach O mentioned that on our last podcast and they've got one tournament left, the district tournament, so to speak. So, and then they wrap up their season, but truthfully over there at the pool swim has already begun. They okay. had their first swim, uh, competition on Saturday. So, um, those two overlap just a little bit, mm-hmm. but swims already in business swim and dive. So, Lots of stuff going on around the district. Volleyball's going into the playoffs. Uh, Forney High still having an exceptional year. They're, I don't know, Coach, at this point, 30-2. and two. They, I'm not sure what their record is, but I know they haven't dropped a set in district. Haven't dropped a set all the way through wow. district. So <laughs> they're, they're rolling pretty well into the playoffs. Uh, North Forney is competing again, making that 6A transition. They got a big win this week over a Mesquite program. And um, so cross-country, our district meet is coming up on uh, the first day of fall break. I believe that is the 11th, October the 11th, uh, uh, for 14-5A. That's over in Crandall. The 10th. 10th. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Monday. Yep. We also have tennis, golf going on. Yep. And I know that because I've got students doing it. Yep. So it's a, um, full swing. It's That's right. It's always busy in Forney ISD Athletics. Like we said, over 200 teams and over 3,000 kids playing and um, great coaches leading it. Good stuff. Great stuff. And that's all the time we have for today. We will see you all next time.